You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. I have a treat for you today. Uh, though this, the theme of this show is uh, loosely rooted in Zen thought, uh, intertwined with realism and practicality, uh, I, I cast the net pretty wide when I do interviews. Uh, loyal listeners will be familiar that I have interviewed creators such as artists, musicians, authors, all the way over to uh, politicians, uh, a female game ranger from South Africa, MMA fighters. And at times I, I have to somewhat rein in a guest or um, their, their resume, at least to fit it within the parameters of Zen philosophy or even just the broader framework of, of mindfulness and gratitude, which I talk about a lot here. Well, that won't be an issue today. Uh, my guest, Kristen Petrucci, uh, and while she's not a, a Zen practitioner per se, we're talking parallel paths up the same mountain, not even different paths, but side by side in the same direction. Uh, what she expounds in her work is right up our alley here. Uh, when I first came across her bio, I was almost immediately like, oh, I, I got to interview her. Uh, and the deeper I went into my research only reaffirmed my initial instincts. Uh, I've now heard her speak in several forums about developing a, a mindset where even the daily mundane becomes a privilege. Uh, that um, that could be a description for this show almost. Uh, Kristen is a mindfulness expert, a public speaker, a transformation speaker specifically, a positive psychology coach. She's the co-founder of Soul Summit, a uh, a woman's summit geared toward bringing women together to enrich, uh, connect, and inspire. She's also been a corporate mindfulness expert, encouraging men to get out, out of their heads and into their lives, utilizing positive psychology practices to help teams build culture, connection, creativity. Her Bachelor of Science in Health Teacher Education is from BYU, as well as a Bachelor of Applied Science in Public Health. Her postgraduate positive psychology training is from the University of Utah. So she's got the credentials, folks, the paper on the wall. But more than that, she's also got the street cred. And what I mean by that is she has real-world, real-life experience of overcoming obstacles in her own life and uh, getting to this point where she now helps others get out of their heads and into their lives to live victoriously, something I'll ask her about in a moment. So it isn't simply a formal honor and customary pleasure to be speaking with Kristen uh, Petrucci today. I'm genuinely excited to learn something. I'm inspired before I even ask her a question. And, uh, and oh, by the way, she's also a chef and speaks Italian and Spanish. So that's just a little more impressive icing on the, on the cake for you folks. So let's, uh, let's get to it. Welcome to the program, Kristen Petrucci. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> that was quite the uh, intro. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your time. Um, well, normally I would start with a bio and kind of work chronologically through someone's story. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different with you today. Uh, 
I actually want to go first right to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you some questions about terminology you use. What is active gratitude? How is that different than just regular gratitude? That's a great question. So in life, a lot of us, you know, say, oh, I'm grateful or I, uh, I'm thankful for this certain thing. But I believe that active gratitude is a lifestyle, a way of being able to implement gratitude in your life, but literally make it part of who you are. So actively pursuing gratitude. I truly believe that gratitude can soften every hardship and it can increase and amplify any type of uh, amazing moment in your life. Excellent. Uh, so gratitude lifestyle, can, um, can you talk about that on sort of a day-to-day -day basis? Can you give like a an example of what that means? Absolutely. So, you know, there's those people that we use the terms of half, you know, and cup half empty or cup half full, that type of thing. I believe that gratitude is almost like a muscle that you can work. So as you continue to um, include looking at things in a positive way. In fact, you just barely talked about in your last uh, podcast, you mentioned when you're waiting in line, you're starting to get grumpy, all these things changing that little mindset of who could I help at this moment or who could I think of at this moment that might, I might be able to benefit. Um, and practicing that, well, same kind of thing with gratitude. I've had a lot of, and most people have, I recognize that almost everyone that's going to listen to this has had some type of traumatic or really difficult moment in their life. And instead of going back to the victim, you know, mindset or, uh, just feeling like you just can't get on top of things. Even this moment that we have right now, anyone listening to this, I'm grateful that I have breath. I'm grateful that I have somebody to love, even if it's just myself. <laughs> right. And, you know, so that's an act of uh, gratitude, but also taking it down. You can literally take it down to I'm eating this, you know, spoon of rice or I'm eating this piece of salad. Who did all of this for me and working it down to the micro level of where all this began and that, and just being aware of how it is that you've come to where you are and finding ways to be grateful for that. Yeah. I, I love, uh, uh I can't remember where it was. I saw, I, it might've been a YouTube video of yours where you were talking about, um, you know, whether it's lying in bed or something, but about the sheets and even like the, the farmers who harvested the cotton that got to your sheet, like you were, you know, expressing the, the gratitude for everyone that contributed to this one moment of yours, this one moment in time of yours. And I thought that was just a phenomenal way to look at it and to, you know, um, to be appreciative of, you know, everything. <laughs> I know that sounds like so, Oh, I don't know, corny or something, but, but uh, I, there is sort of no limit to how grateful you can be. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, absolutely. I find, you know, there are moments to not be like, oh, I'm so happy and <laughs> so joyful. <laughs> the toxic positivity or um, that type of mindset, like everything's fine. I don't believe in, but I mm -hmm. do believe in every single moment we can find something to be grateful for even if it's just literally, you know, I got in this wreck, I'm alive. I'm so grateful. I'm still alive. Instead of going to the other, you know, swinging the pendulum to the side where 
I can't believe this happened. Now, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a muscle. I believe absolutely that one can find something positive in almost every moment of life. Yeah. I, uh, I, I talk about that too, that, um, you know, it's a, similar to it being a muscle. I, I talk about that. This is a practice. There's not an end goal, at least from the Zen perspective, there's not, I mean, it's not really, it's an unattainable goal and it's not about if you're in it just to achieve some sort of enlightenment, well, you're, you're already messed up in your motivation anyway. You know, it's really more about the practice, uh, just the daily exercise of your mind and uh, experience and appreciation for everything. Um, and it's, it's kind of never ending. Um, so yeah, it is like a muscle. And if you don't practice it, you, you know, you lose sight of it. Uh, you, you kind of, you have to work at it daily. Um, what is stop and wonder? Stop and wonder is something that I kind of made up in a way, but it's not made up. It's just a corny, easy way to remember to take a moment, take a breath, find a place of wonderment or awe. I call it saw, uh, stop and wonder, sawing through those negative thought patterns. And uh, I found it when I was personally extremely depressed, having a difficult time believing in myself after I suffered from brain damage and trauma. And I literally was 100% like the universe was just like, you must pay attention to this. This is how you're going to heal yourself. I literally used stop and wonder to break my negative thought cycles that I had been in for a good seven, eight months and couldn't get out of. And it's just a way of breaking that ruminate, you know, ruminating where we're bringing up those negative thoughts all the time. If you catch yourself, you stop. And then what I coach people on doing is um, even with meditation, I will bring someone to a place of wonder or joy in their life. And we kind of almost cellularly implant that into the memory and the body and that feeling of joy and wonderment so that when you get to those points in life where it's super negative, you can't get out of your head, you can almost go, oh, wait, I just need to stop and wonder for a moment. And then it continues to feed you on those times where you just feel like you can't keep going on. And don't get me wrong. I have some really down days. In fact, every time I have a seizure still, I get two or three days for sure of anxiety and depression. Um, I snap at my kids more. I have anger during that time. Um, but also like the book, you are here from Thich Nhat Tan. I hope I said his name right. Yeah. Um, he says to recognize and own that those are all a part of you and even tell yourself like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Anger. I know you're there. I'm here for you. Sadness. I know you're there. And the stop and wonder is also part of, in my way, breaking that negative thought cycle and saying, stop, take a breath. Okay. And then I'll even look at the clouds or I'll um, look at my children, or I will think of a moment where I felt joy to kind of pull me back into the present. You mentioned the depression and, uh, and you mentioned an event in your life and you, and you referenced the seizure. So I, uh, I'm going to jump ahead to a question that I wanted to ask you a little later. I'll ask you now. Uh, you had a, a significant event in your life, right? A, a grand mall seizure that happened. Uh, tell us more. What, what happened exactly? Well, I was, um, it was in March of 2016. 
I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'd been up for about three nights in a row uh, with littles that were really sick. And I don't remember actually what happened, but my husband tells me what happened. And I uh, convulsed for about five minutes in my sleep. At the time, we had a seven-month-old baby and a two-and-a-half-year-old child. And I had two other kids that were older. I woke up in the hospital and uh, couldn't remember anything that happened. Couldn't recall or my, my husband said, you know, I'm here the kids are okay. And he named our little children. Um, and I couldn't remember them at the time. So I had a little bit of memory loss. The memory came back quickly in a way. Uh, but I woke up and my entire life pretty much had changed in one instant where I now was, uh, diagnosed with epilepsy a couple of weeks later, I was on medications that were causing me to be suicidal, raging, um, depressed, having memory loss. I couldn't, I was like a 70 year old with dementia. I knew who I was before, but I couldn't access her. So I knew I was a happy, like go-getter type of person. And I literally could not be her anymore. So my kids lost their mom in one night. My husband lost his wife in a way. And uh, we all had a great, a great change in our life uh, during that time. And it was really, really ugly to be honest <laughs> very very ugly <laughs> i bet so th- this is uh and, and forgive my ignorance so that I, I just don't know um this is like adult onset epilepsy you, you didn't have epilepsy as a child or yeah i didn't and i'd had uh, for a few i'd say about a year i'd been having small seizures and i didn't know it they were temporal lobe seizures I, for two months, I didn't even tell my husband things were going on, but I was having olfactory hallucinations. So smell would come that I didn't recognize. Then a deja vu dream would come where, and it was the same every time at the, at that time. And it was about a man who had shrimp and he was going to leave me to take care of all the mess and the kids. <laughs> and then I would have fear. And then I would have a bit of euphoria, but also sadness And it would occur whenever I was stressed or I was anxious or I hadn't slept well, something like that. And it was during my pregnancy and, and I started recognizing everyone. So I would go to an event and I would for sure know that person. And I'd say, Hey, you know, I know you from somewhere. And they're like, I just came from Italy. I'm not (laughs) you Facebook and there's no way you know me. And I would sit there. I came home one night. I said, I think, you know, I believe in God or higher power. I said, I think God is trying to show me all these people that I knew before this life. And, you know, I'm recognizing them all so that I can love them or something. And then within about a week from the moment I started recognizing everyone is when I had this uh, larger event that changed the trajectory of uh, pretty much who I am. Wow. Did it, uh, the, the doctors, uh, you know, what kind of diagnosis? Why did they say that this happened? They have gone through several different um, ideas. I have a small, tiny cyst in my left temporal lobe where they think those are where they're being caused. I've hit my head several times pretty hard. Uh, the last time I hit it pretty hard was water skiing, and I just completely wiped out. Ninth grade, I hit my head really hard skiing on the slopes. 
um, in Utah. And I started having a little bit of auras around my eyes where I would see pulsing or things like that and some pretty intense headaches. So multiple hits, a small cyst they think came from a, a very difficult birth. Uh, they used forceps on me when I was being born. And so the cyst is consistent with uh, using forceps on birth during birth and stress and um, hormone changes. I just had the perfect storm where my body with hormones, lack of sleep, high stress, um, it just all kind of culminated into this moment of, okay, you're not going to shut yourself down. I'll shut you down. Mm -hmm. So you, you said before you still have seizures. Yeah, I do. In fact, I had one right before I went to Mount Shasta in California for a Reiki training. I had a large, quite, big seizure where I couldn't remember what happened the day before. That's usually what happens if it's a big one. Um, and I didn't wake up till 10 AM. And I, thankfully I have my sister who lives in the same house in an apartment and my kids went and got her, but I, I don't remember anything before 10 AM and just seeing my sister there looking over me. And I said, I think I had a seizure because I don't remember anything. So that's how I check in. I'm like, do I remember anything yesterday? Nope. Okay. I probably had a big seizure and it's about two with those seizures. It takes about two weeks of me to recover. Um, I'm very slow and it's just, it's a process, but now I recognize it and I'm able to deal with it. Whereas before I thought, will I ever be normal again? But you see me, you can hear me. I'm normal. It's you just are. In fact, this you... of brain fog. And I almost feel like it's an up leveling once again of remembering why I do what I do and remembering also what it feels like to be anxious and depressed and have something neuro non neurotypical. You know, there's a lot of people out there that struggle with something that nobody can see. And so when I have these seizures, it reminds me that there one, I'm not alone they're not alone. And I see you. Hmm. Um, how long from the, the initial 2016 grand mal seizure event until you got a hold of life again, or changed your mind to, Hey, I'm not going to be a victim here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to um, change the way I see the world or, you know, wh wh where did you make the turn? How long was it before you said, I, you know, I'm going to be a positive person. I'm going to even help other people be positive people. Well, it took several medication changes, a hospitalization for a reaction to another med and creating a positive psych, um, a gratitude journal for my daughter. Um, so I'd say it was about nine months of just blah. And then yeah. I had a good friend that I, I'd given her one of my journals that I published just for friends and family. And it was her that helped me see that I had something to offer still. Hmm. He asked me to speak to some women and I, within that week, I was led to my own getting out of my head into my life practices, which were consistent with my positive psych training. I just literally didn't have the, the reason 
other than, you know, I want to take care of my family, but I didn't feel capable in that. I didn't have a role in doing anything that someone else believed in me. And her belief in me literally led me to rumination, how to get out of your head, a, a TED talk by Guy Winch, W-I-N-C-H, all about mental hygiene. I mean, I was led to it within 48 hours, uh, literally, how to get out of my head, how to start practicing. And I, and I believed in it because I wanted to be able to speak to these women and say, you can do this. But if I couldn't do it myself, then how could I, you know, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And, and so I started and it took about two weeks of intense stop and wonder getting myself out of my head, breaking the negative thought cycles to where I felt uh, a significant uplift and change in my, my mindfulness, my own mental wellness. Yeah. I, I know that, uh, that, that Ted talk uh, with Guy Winch was influential uh, to you for you. Uh, I, I'll actually, I'll link that in the show notes here. Um, Cause I know that was a powerful Ted talk for you. And um I, I want to, I have to ask if um, I mean, you teach about getting out of your own head uh, I mean, you, you literally coach people through that um, yet you have to deal with uh, these, I guess, sporadic occasional seizures. Do you, do you ever live in fear of, you know, when the next one might hit and, or, and do you ever fear being alone if someone's not around when something like that happens? That's a great question. I don't live in, at first I did live in fear. I was concerned and now I recognize it's part of, I've, I've come to a different, almost like, you know, when you get through the grief cycle and you get to the acceptance state, yep. I'm almost the acceptance state. There are times where I, I'm very frustrated about needing to take medication and other things. Did you, did you, but, go through, did you go through bargaining, dep uh, depression, uh, anger, um, oh, yeah. all, all of this? Okay. Yeah, I did actually. And maybe, I don't know about bargaining. Um, but yeah, like why did, you know, can I do something else? Can something else happen? Um, right. I, uh, I just, I've gotten to almost an acceptance. The times where I wake up, not cognizant of what has happened those ones kind of rock my boat for a little bit uh, but the small seizures now i i'm not concerned about so the small ones are the ones where i'm still completely present the big ones only happen in my sleep so i it's literally on the awake state or right when i'm falling asleep so i'm not aware of it happening i don't convulse well not that i know of <laughs> and so having no awareness of actually what happened is quite pleasant. And <laughs> I'm, and I also see, you know, this is one of the things I see that I am so fortunate because I know other people who have epilepsy, who suddenly their leg goes out on them and they just fall over. Or I have a, a dear new friend who she can't remember anything, but literally anything. And she, and her first seizure, she had to relearn how to walk and talk and brush mm -hmm. her teeth and, I didn't have that. I just had a mental state of deep depression and anxiety and not being able to, you know, I was definitely in a victim state and I don't have what others have. I have the temporal lobe seizures where I can still drive because I'm always, I'm still present. I could be talking to you and I, be, I could be having a seizure at the same time. It's almost like two hemispheres in my brain decided to just function at a different level. And 
You're conscious and of so it? I'm, I'm you, super you, you would be conscious of it, like, I guess, like a small seizure going on? Like, like yeah, you said so if you, I'm talking to you, I could literally say and even say to you, I'm having a seizure right now. And we could still carry on, on on our conversation and no one would even know. Wow. I know because my body goes through the sensations of, oh, here it comes. And sometimes a dream might start coming. Uh, the smells have gone away with my meds. And then I'll have this moment of almost fear. It's usually fear comes on and then a rush of almost adrenaline or euphoria. So I have to admit when I got the meds, I started missing some of my seizures because that euphoric state <laughs> was like drug induced state that is like, wow, that felt pretty good in a way, yeah. almost like a flush of uh, happier, you know, adrenaline to cause that uh, euphoric state. And at the beginning though, I, Every single time I had one of those, I was afraid because I didn't know if it would turn into a large seizure when I was awake. And at the time, I relied heavily on my husband. Um, we're now getting divorced, but I would write, rely heavily. If he was around, I would just be like, don't leave me. And I was so afraid of being alone at yeah. the time. And now I'm learning that I'm going to be okay. And even if I'm not going to be okay, I celebrate every moment knowing that today's a great day or today was a really hard day or, you know, I take it as life and I try really hard to stay present and rooted and grounded. And that helps also with my seizures. That's it. I mean, I, um, I do talk about one episode, uh, where I, uh, it was this ironic moment. I was sitting with my wife at this sort of scenic roadside station and, um, and the irony was I, my first, I, I had this moment of my own mortality, like realizing that I was going to die. But the irony was it, that wound up the moment shortly after that, three seconds later became like one of the greatest moments of my life because I, I was aware of my own ultimate demise. So I then chose to take that moment to just cherish every little the wind on my face the you know my beautiful wife sitting next to me the birds in the air you know it sounds hippie-ish or something but i i did i was just so in the moment because of i know that the moment won't last and nothing is permanent and so you know that it it really it it was a game changer for me where i just you know I wanted to appreciate everything because I know that I, I won't have it forever. So, anyway, uh, well, it's fascinating to talk to you. I um, I do a segment at the end called Five Minutes Zen. Don't worry, you don't have to know anything about Zen. I'm not going to ask you anything about that. I usually tailor the question for whoever I'm talking to. We've already, you and I have already talked about gratitude a lot. Uh, instead, I want to ask you then, as a practical matter, let's just say it's one of those days where I wake up and I ain't feeling it, whether it's a bad mood or I just can't get motivated. Give me, give us, the, the listeners, uh, something practical, something down to earth, something real that we should do, whether it's take a cold shower, whether it is to meditate for a few minutes or whatever. What's your advice uh, to turn a rough start into a good, victorious day? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, would it be okay if I just let us through a little bit of breath work while we do it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. 
So what I would recommend, first of all, is let's imagine we're all in our bed, just like you said, and we wake up and we don't want to get out of bed. We don't want to go to work or we don't want to start our day. So I would recommend still laying in bed, placing a hand over your heart and a hand over your stomach, taking in three long, deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I recommend doing this while you're listening right now. And then just for a moment, it's almost like giving your heart a hug. You're going to take in a deep, long breath, hold it. And in your mind, allow your mind to travel to your heart. Allow your consciousness to envelop and hug your heart. And then let out that breath. Then take in another deep breath, traveling down to your gut, that area, your solar plexus chakra, that is the area of motivation and movement and growth and personal strength. And in the same way, give it a, an emotional, energetic hug and just let it know that you're here for your, your gut, you're here for your heart. And then most of all, taking another long, deep breath, hold it, and let yourself know that you see you. Literally say, I see you. I know you. I appreciate you. Let out the breath. And one last time, a long, deep breath, and imagine like a shower of light going along your body, washing through you and reminding you that you're not alone that you are worth something, that you are absolutely an amazing, beautiful soul. And you deserve to have a moment of, I don't feel so well. But at the same time, you know that you're worth taking care of, you're worth getting up, you're worth taking in that last long, deep breath, and you're worth the time and effort it takes to love yourself. And then when you're ready, you open your eyes and put your feet on the ground and walk towards your next step. Don't swallow the whole elephant whole. Literally think, getting out of bed, okay, what am I going to do next? And take it step by step until you've walked yourself out to wherever it is that you need to go today. Wow, that was awesome. I'm Thank serious. You. I I feel bad. I I was feeling good. Now I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to bed with your wife and be like, oh, "Great, I'm going to go sleep." <laughs> you know, going to bed too. Instead of walking yourself out of bed, you can walk yourself in bed and stay stay there in that state. Take those breaths, and you can almost be in a conscious sleep state of following your, you know that moment that breath until you gradually fall to sleep that's awesome i uh i'm gonna come back to this episode when, when i need this <laughs> just for that guided meditation there i'm serious uh you know i don't want to um um bash any any other guests i've had but that might be the best answer that might be the best five minute zen answer i've had ever <laughs> <laughs> thank you well it's quite zen so <laughs> yeah, it sure was um all right well Kristen um uh people can find you at uh kpspeaks.com it's kp dash 
or hyphen speaks.com. I'll put a, a link in the show notes and, uh, and on LinkedIn. That's how I got in touch with you. Um, what else do you have going on? Where else uh, should people look for you? Well, I'm mostly on LinkedIn or my website. You can find me. You can find several podcast interviews if you just, you know, Google Kristen Petrucci or, or KP Speaks. Uh, I'll pop up pretty quickly. I've had the opportunity. You know, I'm so grateful for you giving me this opportunity because what it does is it helps me be able to spread the mission of my life, which is to see people and help them know that they are important, that always hold on, never give up. Sometimes I listen to these podcasts to remind me to hold on when I'm really down, when I have those, you know, seizures where I think I'm never going to get out of this. I know I'm going to, but I still listen to these podcasts to remind myself, I see you hold on. Don't give up. You're worth it. That's awesome. Well, all right. There you have it, folks. Um, It doesn't get better than that. Uh, If you like the show, and you'd like to help us grow and uh, get the word out, please visit patreon.com slash Zen Sandwich. Uh, for three bucks, just three bucks a month, you can help spread some calm and kindness to the world um, and help me find more people like Kristen here. Uh, if you can't do that right now, no worries. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, help us out by telling a friend uh, about the show. Kristen, it's been a blast. It's really been a pleasure. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'm going to go stop and wonder i'm gonna go hug my heart <laughs> <laughs> like you said it sounds a bit hippie but it's real it works hey, if it works <laughs> you know I'm, I'm happy with it thank you so much for your time thank you